This week's Labyrinth Library podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash lablib. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and again, welcome to the Labyrinth Library Podcast. Are you this week? I am tired. I think I said the same thing last week, probably. Um, yeah, the beginning of the school year. It's a, it's a tiring time because you've got to get your classes set up. you got to get things started. You're learning the new students. They're learning you. You're starting off and you're already presenting your material and wondering, am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? Will I get everything covered? You're thinking ahead in the future. And that's not even counting all the, the other outside of class stuff that goes on with the school and other teachers and it's it's a busy time. I'm definitely looking forward to Golden Week which is coming up on Sunday and Golden Week as you may or may not know is a time when there's a whole bunch of national holidays all kind of scrunched together at the end of April and beginning of May and so we get a nice week off and I plan to sleep for a lot of it. But that is, you know, that's what's going on here and uh I guess we all know why we're here today. We do, don't we? It is the last Thursday of the month. It is Time again for Wheel of Time. So why don't we get into that? And I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you now and then I'll tell you again later. But I'm going to tell you now that there will be spoilers today. If you have not made it through this book yet, the final book, A Memory of Light, you may want to save this for later. You know, put it away somewhere, listen to it when you are done. There will be spoilers today. Now, my question last week was based on some hastily looked up information on the internet, which means that my thing may or may not be entirely correct, but it's correct enough, I think. So my question was, if every word in the Wheel of Time series were a person, which city would it be? And I gave you a choice. Uh, I think I said uh, Paris, Ankara, uh, Guangzhou, and Pyongyang were the four that I chose. Well, Wheel of Time has 4,056,130 words, at least according to Wikipedia. And when has Wikipedia ever been wrong? And according to the sources that I looked at, the city that came closest to that was, drumroll please, Guangzhou, which comes in at 4,056,025 people. So, uh, again, depending on where you looked for it, I know my brother tried and he was not entirely correct until I nudged him in the right direction. Uh, if you're looking at sort of the urban population versus the city population, I don't know. Population's a weird thing, but that's what I got. Four million words and change. That is a lot of words. You know, they often say that uh, after your first million words, you're done writing, you know, crap. So think about how many words were written that didn't make into the book. That's even even scarier thought. So why don't we get into this? This is the final book of the Wheel of Time series, A Memory of Light by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. And all I can say is... <sighs> At last, at long, long last. Now, I've been reading this series since it started back in 1990, since I was in high school, which is terrifying. And I followed it very, very closely in the last 23 years. I I remember haunting bookstores, waiting for new releases, and I pestering the employees for information they didn't have. I remember it used to come out, the first few books, it used to come out around Columbus Day in the States. And I'd come to the bookstore Late October, like, where's my Wheel of Time? And it usually worked until it didn't. But I joined Wheel of Time message boards back in the days, back in the days of the old Prodigy system. You remember that, huh? Anybody? No? Uh, 
you kids today? And I even subscribed to a Wheel of Time newsletter back in the days when newsletters were printed on paper and sent through the mail. Kids, ask your parents. It's amazing. I give you that context so that you know roughly where I was mentally, philosophically, emotionally when I started this book. As much as I love this series, and I do, I was equally happy to see it finally end. And it was, I think, a really good ending. Now, we've known ever since day one that this series couldn't end with anything less than the greatest battle the world has ever seen. Tarmon Gaidon, the great battle, was due, and simply by definition, it would have to be bigger and more terrible than anything that had come before. It would envelop the world, and its ending would shape the future, or possibly end it entirely. As we begin this book, the first wave of this battle has begun. The great city of Camelon is under siege by forces of the Shadow, and the lands along the northern borders of the world are marching to war. The Shanshan are still itching for a fight, and the Aes Sedai are finally beginning to reassert their power and their unity. Under all of this, however, the Shadow is lurking, waiting, planning, and plotting. There is no calm before this storm. All that can be done is prepare. Randall Thor, the dragon reborn, is, of course, the one who will fight the Dark One itself and truly win or lose the world. There is an earthly situation to take care of, however, and he has a plan for it. By fighting a four-fronted battle, he hopes to keep the forces of Shadow busy while he strikes at their heart in Shail Gul. Thousands will die, but they will give him the time he needs to penetrate the heart of the Dark One's power. And if he is very, very lucky... He will not only defeat the Dark One, but he will leave behind a legacy that will ensure some measure of peace and stability, uh, assuming the world doesn't end entirely before he can win. So really, at this point, I've probably spoiled enough already. If you didn't listen to me the first time, now would really be a good time to pause this and go listen to something else. Because it's really hard not to go into a lot of detail when you talk about this book. I mean, there's just so much stuffed into it. So many twists and turns and deaths and defeats and victories and sacrifices that to start listing them just creates the need to list them all. Ultimately, I think the best that can be said for this book is that it was the right ending for the series. A lot of that, I think, can be attributed to the skill that Brandon Sanderson brings to the table and his ability to not only keep Robert Jordan's world alive, but to make it somewhat uh, leaner, more modern in its execution. Sanderson is excellent at writing action, for example, which pays off in many, many, many scenes in the nearly 200-page chapter that's titled simply The Last Battle. Jordan may have laid the groundwork for it, but it was Sanderson who made sure its finished form made sense and had the emotional punch necessary for the end of such a series. And boy, were there emotional punches. Punches galore, even. From the repeated attempts to destroy the horror that Demandred has become, to Elaine's stand against the armies of the Shadow, to Rand's own terrible danger, with the embodiment of all that is evil and wrong in the universe, the fights that go on in the last battle are not just physical. They are a struggle against not only physical oblivion, but also spiritual destruction. Battling the Dark One, you see, is a battle against despair and hopelessness, as Rand discovers during his own battle, which is a duel of realities in which he and the Dark One propose their ideal worlds to each other. Unfortunately, Rand discovers that his own vision of a world without evil is just as horrifying as a world where uh, there is no goodness would be. It isn't a supernatural source, you see, that defines who human beings are, but rather their struggles against the challenges of the world. Without evil, humans could not be what they are. 
Rand comes to understand this, and with that understanding comes the realization that good is not what opposes the Dark One. You're not going to beat him by being nice or putting on a white cloak or smiting shifty travelers. You defeat the Dark One. You defeat darkness simply by never giving up. This is a maltheistic universe where the most powerful supernatural force known is one that wants you to lay down in despair. Simply the act of getting up in the morning is an act of defiance. Taking up arms against an army of monsters, an army that will almost certainly destroy you. It's the greatest example of this hope that confounds the Dark One so much. Even if Rand's forces die, they will not have been defeated. Of course, given what we know about fiction, if you predict that the forces of goodness win, well, it's a pretty safe bet. But how they win and what they sacrifice to win are the reasons we read. There are deaths that we saw coming a mile away, and others that are surprising and, and saddening. There are twists in strategy that don't seem to make a lot of sense until much later, and wonderful moments where you just want to put the book down and applaud. And, as it is the metric of any good adventure story, there are plenty of, oh shit, moments. The book is, of course, not without its flaws, certainly, and every reader will find something that didn't meet their very, very high expectations. But you know what? Well, that's too damn bad. That's the way the series ends, and perhaps after some time and some distance, some of the choices that Jordan and Sanderson made will be a little more palatable to you. The unanswered questions that the book leaves us with, however, uh, that, that may not. From the identity of the mysterious Nakomi to the fate of Elaine's twins and how exactly Rand lit his pipe at the end. These things may never be explained, and that too is something we'll just have to live with. The way I see it, this book was the best ending we could have hoped for. I mean, there were so many ways it could have gone wrong. It could have been so terribly disappointing, to say nothing of simply not existing at all, that to have the book be as good as it is, is something we should all appreciate. If we nitpick, if we call attention to some points that didn't make us perfectly happy, well... That should be done knowing that we still have an excellent final volume, one that many of us have waited a very, very long time for. There are no endings to the Wheel of Time, as they say, but this is an ending, and it is a good one. So let me give you a quote. This comes from Paranaibara, talking sort of before the, the big battle gets really underway, and he says, You're welcome in my house when this is over. We'll open a cask of Master Alvere's best brandy. We'll remember those who fell and we'll tell our children how we stood when the clouds turned black and the world started to die. We'll tell them we stood shoulder to shoulder and there was just no space for the shadow to squeeze through. Nice, not bad. It's not, not exactly St. Crispin's Day, but oh, nice little speech there from Perrin. Uh, so that is it. And like I said, it's a, it's, a, it's a great series. I really like it. Yes, it's soft in the middle, but it's worth it getting to the end. So if you haven't read Wheel of Time, I recommend invest in it. You can get them on ebook now, uh, which means that you don't have to have an entire bookshelf dedicated to Wheel of Time. If you are into that kind of thing, then go for it. But you can download them. It's great. And, of course, if you want, you could go to audibletrial.com slash lablib. Didn't think I'd get it in there that smoothly, did you? audibletrial.com slash lablib. You can sign up for a trial membership with audible.com and that comes with a free book download. And Memory of Light is right there waiting for you. It is unabridged, which means it's 41 hours and 55 minutes. So that's just the last one. All of them are that long. Uh, if you stick with the with the service, you can, of course, get all the Wheel of Time books or any one of thousands and thousands of others. So audibletrial.com slash lablib. 
Get in there, get yourself a free trial membership, and support the podcast. Speaking of which, it is that time. It's time to confront a rather unpleasant reality, and that is the reality of math and time. As I've mentioned a few times before, when I started this podcast long, long ago, back in 2009, was it? It's been four years? Holy cow. Uh, I had a, a a ton of reviews sitting on my computer because that's what I do. When I finish a book, I would write a review, and, and it was great. And I've burned through them in four years. I didn't know it would take this long, honestly, it's, and it's been great fun. But the fact remains that I don't read one book every week and review one book every week because I've got a job and other things that require my attention, unfortunately. So that means that uh, it is no longer possible to do this as a weekly podcast, which is is unfortunate because I do enjoy doing this. I like coming home and firing up the microphone and talking to all of you guys. This doesn't mean the podcast is is over, however. Keep that in mind. I will still be putting out new episodes. I can't commit to a schedule right now because I don't know what that is, especially with my new, you know, my new teaching job and my new position requires a lot more time than the old one did. So I can't really commit to a schedule right now. The best I can say is that new reviews will come. They will come on a, a occasional schedule. Uh, I'll really try not to put too much space between them because I know how annoying that is when you enjoy a podcast and the episodes just sort of dribble-drabble out. I have plenty of those podcasts in my iTunes, and I don't like it very much either. Uh, but the good news is, here's the good news, that keeping up with the podcast requires almost no work from you. That is right. Almost no work. You can be completely lazy. Everything will come to you. And here's the thing. If you use an RSS reader, now uh, you may have used Google Reader, and Google Reader's going away. What I recommend is Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y. And right now you can sync up your Google Reader account with Feedly, and they are working real hard to uh, make the transition after Google Reader goes away much easier. So you can subscribe to the WordPress blog through Feedly. That way, when I post a new blog, whoop, up it comes. And I may try using the blog as uh, for other things as well, talking about books or book events or authors and things like that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So if you subscribe to the RSS feed, new blog things will come up right away for you. If you uh, follow LabLib on Twitter, if you go to the Facebook page and you, you like it or whatever it is you do, when I post stuff there, you'll see it there. If you have a WordPress account, go to the blog and follow this blog. And then every time I post something new, it'll come up in your email. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, every time I post a new podcast up on iTunes, it'll pop up there. You don't have to do anything. It's so much better than the old days of the internet, I have to admit. Uh, so for right now, as I said, I, I can't commit to a schedule. I will do my best to get it done on a, on a reasonable basis. But I would like to take this moment to thank everybody who has listened over the last four years, and I look forward to hearing from you some more. Uh, if you, if I've never heard from you, if you are a loyal, a loyal listener, and I've not heard from you, I know you're there somehow, deep in my heart. I know you're there, and you've always been there, and so I'm grateful to that as well. If I didn't have people listening, I don't think I would have done this as long as I did. So uh, I owe you. That's how it works. But thank you again. I always appreciate your listening and, and staying in touch, and. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you all again next time. A text version of this review will be up on the blog, thelablib.org, along with any relevant links I can think of. If you have anything you want to say or any suggestions you'd like to make, please leave a comment and let me know. If you have a book you would like to recommend, I would be happy to hear it. If you'd like to send me an email, send it to labyrinthlibrary at gmail.com. 
And if you like what you hear, please give a review on iTunes, become a fan on Facebook, or follow LabLib on Twitter. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, so feel free to share it, but please don't sell it or change it. The music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.com. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. And until then, keep reading.